you over the head with our opinion, and we listen to yours. The new face of talk radio, Voice America Women's Radio Network. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. Nice to have you with us this morning. I'm Catherine Zox. I am your social worker with the microphone. You're listening to Voice America Women's Network. And uh, joining me this morning is my co-host, Lauren Beller. How are you this morning, Lauren? Good morning, Catherine. I'm good. I always make myself laugh because I'm here by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> you, I, I, I know you're here by the skin. Where's the baby now? That's going to be the opening line for the show. Where's the baby now? Where is Sierra no, Beller? No, no, no. I'm good. I, that's, but, yeah, I'm good. Okay. She's not on my lap. She's not on your lap. She's where she should be. Where's I'm the nanny? <laughs> I have a book for you, Lauren. Where's the babe? Where's the nanny now? Where's the nanny? Ooh. Where's the nanny now? That's going to be the new book. But good people on the show today, Lauren. Uh, Rebecca Shambo, and she's right up your alley because she's president and CEO of Shambo Leadership. It's a company that was selected as one of the Entrepreneur Magazine's top entrepreneur companies in the D.C. area. I read, I'm excited for this guest. Yeah, and you know what? It's a great book. It's easy read, very practical. Her book is called It's Not a Glass Ceiling, It's a Sticky Floor. So Love what she it. does, yeah, she puts us ladies right back in the driver's seat. We're not victims. It's not exactly what they're doing to us out there in companies, corporations. Uh, it's what we do to ourselves. Exactly. So I that was, we don't I, get... It's yeah. all it's all us, yeah. It, yeah, so that we prevent ourselves from getting ahead unknowingly. And I'm just going to tell you the first step that she says that we have to address is self-awareness. We have to know who we are and where we're going. So, And she tells us how to do it. And the second one is our second guest is Anna Post. Uh, Anna is Emily Post's great, great granddaughter. How's That's that? great. I love yeah. that. I have her book, her great, great grandmother's Book, book, the Emily Post Book of Etiquette, but she's written a book called Emily Post's Wedding Parties, Smart Ideas for Stylish Parties from Engagement to Reception and Everything in Between. So if you ladies are planning to get married within the next year, here you go. And not get married like, well, Lauren, you got married in a day, so this, <laughs> I don't know if that's proper etiquette or I'm what. I'm sure not, but I'm no. known to not follow the proper etiquette often. So I know. You're cool. That's why I love you. <laughs> Want to know what I did? What did you do? Well, I was in New York City. I just got back last night, and I went to that Dress for Success oh, meeting. Oh, right. How was it? It was fantastic. I love going to these meetings, and I'm sure Rebecca Shambo will approve. Uh, do you know what Dress for Success is? I don't know that everyone does. You should tell us. Okay. Dress for Success is one of the, It started 10 years ago. Only 10 years ago. Now they have... They have affiliates all over the country and all over the world, as a matter of fact, Australia, uh, the U.K., New Zealand. What it, it started out as a group of women helping women, women helping women who maybe they have coming back to the workforce, who maybe they've been in jail, I mean, to the, you know, the extremes, yeah. or uh, single parents, mothers, you know, domestic violence, some really horrific kinds of, of uh, experiences these women had that were getting back into the workforce but had no first of all had to get a job interview well if you go to a job interview what do you need clothes 
clothes, and these ladies had no clothes or no appropriate clothes to wear, so they weren't even going to be able to get through the job thing. So it, it started out as just donating, getting other women to donate suits and appropriate clothing. Well, the whole thing is snowballed into this huge organization. It's really about saving women's lives, I would say, and getting them in the workforce, mentoring them, keeping them there. Uh, they have a wonderful board of directors, and um, if you click on to dressforsuccess.com, you know, you'll, you'll um, be able to get all the information. But Lauren, uh, Lisa Kudrow from Friends was one of the speakers. And, and how she was, was she? She's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> and funny. Because one woman got up, Lauren, and she told her story, which was horrific, Rikers Island, she was a drug addict, just anything, you know, domestic violence, abuse, everything. And she got herself out of this. Dress for Success helped her do that. And what a good story. Oh, it's an incredible story. And now her daughter was there, her daughter who is a senior in college at Lafayette University and who had spent her summer helping other children or young women in Africa to, um, you know, be able to do the kinds of things that they wanted to do. I mean, it's just one of those success stories, and it was great. So Lisa Kudrow gets up and she goes, well, I'm here, I guess, because, well, I guess someone was, mean to me once <laughs> I mean after this woman had told this horrific story uh, she gets up and you know she had this kind of like charmed life but um, anyway she she was very funny she was very good and it was a good it was a te- uh, breakfast how nice yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of a, a great example of that silver lining you know so I'm there because someone was mean to me yet look at the silver lining around that exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. so I mean it was a, I, I just and they have meetings every month and you can they have all these galas and, and things that you you know when you, you go to obviously the money goes to dress for success so recommended highly for anybody who's any lady, men can go too I guess um, there were about ten men there really <laughs> yeah huh. um, I'm, I always I'm wonder not, about those men yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was my day. Came back, had a great, great two days in New York City. Met my best friend, who's a psychologist. She and I partied at the Modern. The Modern is the, well, it's not so new now. It's three or four years old. Have you ever been there? I've not. You have to come with me and, hey. I do. I need a Catherine Zucks New York City excursion. You do. You need party time. We're at the bar at the Modern, which is the new, which is three or four years old, I guess, but it's the bar to the Museum of Modern Art. It has a bar and a restaurant, one that's real dressy and one that's kind of much more casual. Great place to meet men. Nice. <laughs> That's not what we were there for. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, but you're at a different stage. Okay, what did you do? What have you done? <laughs> top that. I can't top that. I'm going to start booking my flight to New York. <laughs> um, I had company this weekend and uh, in from New York, and we have more company coming in from New York this next weekend. So we're in company mode, and, um, yeah, that's we've been sort of showing showing people the ropes in Austin, you know, what's, yeah, happening, well, what's happening in Austin. Well, that's what you have to do for me, really. After the first of the year, I'm coming to Austin. I really want, yeah, and um, just see the whole city because I've never been there. And I, keep, I said I was going to come in the fall, but, well, couldn't, but definitely will come after the first of the year because I really do want to see Austin. Yeah, so that's what we've been up to. It's nothing, you know, we're sort of trying to decide what fun things to do for the holidays. Do we get in the car and go find snow or do we... You know, we haven't decided yet. It's too late to book anything. Too, you know, too crazy to deal with airports. So we're trying to be creative and a little uh, spontaneous. But Lauren, I am going to try to book something for next week. Is it? Are too you? Late? Yes, I am. Really? I well, I haven't had. Ten- you know how they say at the last minute, if you book flights or you book hotels, that you get better deals. Sometimes. Not that I ever have, because I, ne- <laughs> I never do. Seems to me I always have to pay twice as much because it's at the last minute. So. Um, 
there is a website called kayak.com. Ever heard of it? No. Kayak.com, you can get really inexpensive fares. It's one of those websites that's worth checking out, kayak.com. I'll check it out on the next commercial break. Yeah, one of my sons told me about it, and then uh, I was listening to the Today Show, I think it was a few weeks ago, and they mentioned it too. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. (laughs) Don't tell anybody that I told you about (laughs) kayak.com, cheap fares. Uh, so I have to try it myself. So I'm thinking, where do I want to go? And where do you want to go? Well, one of the boys said to me, oh, we'll go with you, you know, for three or four days. We don't want to spend a week with you and your boyfriend for a week. That's not fun. Yeah. So <laughs> I can't understand why not. But uh, she, he said, well, what about Iceland, Reykjavik? I said, well, I think it's probably 40 below, but I know they have those thermal <laughs> spas and stuff. So I don't know if that makes a difference. Maybe it's just as good in the wintertime. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm right. sure it would be. Actually, it's probably a good place to go. Yeah, and may, no one else is going, so exactly. I probably <laughs> Reykjavik in January, Reykjavik in, in, in at Christmas time. Yeah, I like that, it. I think that's yeah. a good idea. Because I also, you know, where else I wanted to go? I wanted to go to St. Barts. Now, St. Barts is the in place during Christmas to New Year's. Um, so yeah, I'm in the not, Caribbean, right? Yeah, St. Yeah. Barts is like you know, great place, great beaches. They have all these villas up in the mountains or on the beaches. All the movie stars go there, uh, and it's supposed to be really fun, good food, casual, but very kind of like very cool. But I'm sure I won't. I, I don't know. I have to. I, I'm not sure I'd be able to get a, a spot there. You never know. I, yeah. think, I think, yeah, I do think at this late date you have to go where people aren't going, and that's how you get to good fares. But I count on people either losing their money, dropping dead, something happens to them, so they have to cancel. <laughs> and I get to take the spot. That's good. Yeah, because, I mean, that stuff always happens, right? Somebody gets sick, let's face always. it, that's life. Yeah. So I might be able to get to, to St. Bart's. I don't know. Uh, anybody have any suggestions? Guests can call in. I never tell. I, I never give the guest call in number. We only give it at the beginning and the end of the show. Eight six six four seven two five seven eight seven. If you have something to say to me or to Lauren, eight six six four seven two five seven eight seven. I have something to say to you, Lauren. Yes. You keep emailing me that. What is that? That when that there's a certain as an attachment when she Lauren in. I'm doing a program with her this afternoon, so she was. You were. I'm telling everybody. Oh, it's you because were. you're a Mac. Aren't you a Mac user? No, I have a PC. Oh, you're not. And I you, don't what, know. what is it? What is that file you keep sending me? I cannot open it. It's a PDF file. No. PDF, yeah. My thing said like Win something. Win. It's converting it for some reason. So I don't oh, know. We'll have to okay. Check it out after we, we get off the after we get off the radio. We do because I'm dying to find out what you sent me. I did send you an email this morning, but it's like so frustrating. So when I get those, I run back and forth to each one of my computers to see if I can open it, but I couldn't. Strange. <clears throat> yeah. Very so. strange. I wanna, I'm more interested in where you're going to end up for the holidays. Yeah, wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know I wanted to go to Dubai, but I don't think I'm going to go to Dubai. Like you, I'm sure you probably need well a visa, although that's probably not difficult to get. Um, so... But I'm not sure. I'm, you have to be. You just kind of have to be mentally ready too. I, mean, I would think so too. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Ha- I don't have to be mentally ready to go to Reykjavik because it's five no, hours right. from Boston and it's easy. But don't you think some places you kind of have to? There's some kind of a mental. Yeah, there's uh, certain places that you want to be mentally prepared for. Other places you just actually might want to do spontaneously. Yeah, and, and, and you want a spontaneous one. I I want. There are different kinds of trips. 
the kind where you go and you just, it's fun, it's party time. And then the kind where they're learning experiences. You're going to some place because, you, you know, there's a lot of information that you want to get. And I think I'm ready for the party time one. Well, I think that's easier to get at the holidays, too. Yeah. Uh, that's true, because most people want that. You know, it's interesting. Rebecca Shambo, who's the president and CEO of Shambo Leadership, is talking to us about her new book. It kind of fits into what you're doing this afternoon at Big Fish Nation, um, I, I think, uh, I, I, you know, talking about goal setting and vision and, you know, what you're planning to do for the next year, because she's very clear about when, you you know, as a career, women women who want to be successful at their co- careers Planning ahead is key. It's key. Yes. And writing it down and having a, a structure, I just, it is key. It's, um, it's critical. I think so many entrepreneurs fly by the seat of their pants without a plan, and it just puts you in the driver's seat. You know, one more way to be in your own driver's seat. So if ladies were interested in Big Fish Nation, obviously they can go to bigfishnation.com and find out about it. But tell us, give us, like, you know, we have two minutes left. I don't know if we have time for this, but, like, what you are doing as part of the Big Fish program this afternoon. Well, this afternoon is, like, a, um, every December we do a goal-setting class for new potential Big Fish, and then we do a goal-setting session for Big Fish, people that have been through the program, people that are in the system of wanting to set goals on an annual, regular basis. So this this particular this particular particular this particular <laughs> um, this particular teleclass is geared just for people that have been through the program last week we did one that was open to the general public so people could learn about what's the power of a teleclass with a coaching session yeah so important the goal setting goal setting goal setting i said to one of my sons who's uh, in the acting business you know what are your goals where do you want to be in five years if you don't have a goal as you always tell me then you can't accomplish it. So if you don't, if you have to have a goal and you have to have a vision. And uh, we've got about a minute left. So we have coming up, I just want listeners to know, Rebecca Shambo, President and CEO, Shambo Leadership. It's not a glass ceiling. This is her new book. It's a sticky floor. Free yourself from the hidden behaviors sabotaging your career success. I'm Catherine Zox and Lauren Beller, and you're listening to Voice America Women's Network. I'm your social worker with a microphone. We'll be back in a minute. talk with you, not at you. We're Voice America, Women's Radio Network, the new face of talk radio. I have three children, and I've been raising my 16-year-old sister. Mary Gallagher and her family shared a two-bedroom apartment with eight people. Now Habitat for Humanity is helping her build a simple, decent, affordable home of her own. When we first found out that we were getting a Habitat home, it was like a dream. I kept saying, don't anybody wake me up. Not only is Mary helping build her own home, she'll buy it with a no-profit, zero-interest mortgage to keep it affordable. Habitat came out and built my home, and when Mary started building her house, I wanted to come out and give a hand. We're not just building Mary's house, we're building a neighborhood. There's several more to be built this year, and I look forward to working on each of their houses and seeing the joy of their face when they open the door to their brighter future. Habitat for Humanity. Building homes, changing lives. Support the work in your community. Visit Habitat.org. I feel very blessed. 
God has answered all of my prayers. We are home. Ladies, are you looking for a place where you can talk candidly about anything and everything? Well, here it is. Timeless Women Speak on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll talk about sexuality, age-proofing your career, finding your passion and purpose, keeping your brain power, keeping your marriage fresh, dating for grown-ups, plastic surgery, surviving our beauty culture, and much more. Tune in Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific to Timeless Women Speak with Dr. Nancy O'Reilly on the Voice America Women's Channel. Radio that talks with you, not at you. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. You're listening to the Catherine Zox Show. Thanks for joining us. I am Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone on the Voice America Women's Channel. And joining me this morning is Rebecca Shambaugh. She's president and CEO of Shambaugh Leadership, which was selected as one of Entrepreneur Magazine's top entrepreneurial companies in the D.C. area. Her new book, It's Not a Glass Ceiling, It's a Sticky Floor, Free Yourself from the Hidden Behaviors, Sabotaging Your Career Success, For decades now, women have been taught to believe that their limited career advancements were a result of the infamous glass ceiling. But what if that's not the case? What if it's not the ceiling, but actually a sticky floor? Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on this morning, Rebecca. Good morning, Catherine. Nice to be here. Great to have you. Okay, I, you know, I'm identi- I read your book. I'm identifying all over the place. Some of the, obviously, some of those sticky floors didn't all apply to me, as you say in the book. Pick out your own sticky floor, and then you have to work on it, right? That's um, right. Okay. So let's start. Okay, it's not a glass ceiling. In other words, it's not what's happening outside that pre- outside in the corporate world that prevents us from getting where we want to go. Some of it has to do with us. We're not the victims. We have well, to take the, and, Yes, the, uh, the essence of the book really leads to a place where this is really an important transition and snapshot in time for um, business leadership and women and that women have far more, more choices and opportunities than they've ever had before based on demographics and economics. And we've continued to look at why women are not reaching these levels of visibility or executive suite roles because of the tradition of glass ceiling. But what we've been able to find is that there are some very uh, subtle but critical behaviors and assumptions and beliefs that if women could be more aware of, uh, could really uh, do something about that, take more control and empower themselves to achieve their own career goals and, invest- and destiny. So the really book, book provides a lot of practical techniques and tools uh, for them to get there. All right, so let's take some of those. Like, we're not going to be able to get through all of the sticky floors. That's good, because then ladies are going to have to go out and buy the book and find out what the rest of them are. But uh, take, you know, one of them, and I'll take maybe the one that applies to me. You mentioned that whole idea of perfectionism keeps us back. You know, women, we're good students. We do well in school. We get straight A's. The boys get B's, but then they get the big jobs, and they get out there, and they're the CEO of the company, and we're working for them. And I get stuck in that perfectionism thing, and I think a lot of ladies do. It's like, you know, everything has to be perfect. Well, so then you can never move on. It's a tough one, and I empathize with women because I think that uh, for most of us as young girls, we were socialized to be high achievers, don't want to rock the boat, uh, not let anyone down, and A is always the best that we can get, and we don't, we always want to, ple- we're the pleasers, if you will. So sometimes that carries over to our work environment, and it doesn't work anymore. Um, 
so we find ourselves in this sometimes paralysis of being there late at night, reworking the drafts that our team have done just to making sure that we get it absolutely A-plus, perfect, where in, in, in real life our customers, our boss, are, are just wanting something that's at a level of excellence. So I coach women to say, go out and get the feedback and find out, you know, what are the expectations and standards of performance that you really need to shoot for and to guide your team to shoot for. And so, in other words, what is good enough? And give yourself permission to, to live under those standards. And you'd be surprised how much more time that opens up during your day to do the more planning and focus things that you need to do to really hit the mark in your job. Yeah, and I, I think that's what you really have to, to, to decide what is good enough and knowing the difference. And I guess you just have to just have to get out there and do it, right? The more you do it, the more uh, uh, the the better you become at it, and you don't get stuck in that uh, having to reach the highest standards in, exact, in everything that you do. Another one that you mentioned is, is to treat, to treat strategic relationships. <laughs> I can't even pronounce it. Strategic. Why am I stuttering over that, Rebecca? Uh, <laughs> well, well, I have to tell you, when we say strategic, it's sometimes difficult because it puts another label on a relationship that may sound manipulative to some women, but well, how I frame it and how I personally framed it is having those personal board of advisors, of directors around you that can help you to accomplish your personal career goals, um, personal goals for that matter, help you to really um, channel things, socialize, influence things across the organization, or quite frankly, just to learn, um, to align with people who can mentor you, support you along the way. So uh, these types of relationships become even more important, um, I find, when you reach more visible levels of an organization or you are actually leading or in the executive suite because a lot of our you know, technical skills and competencies which have gotten us to a great place become more of a commodity and a lot of other people may have those that are around us. So it becomes more about relationships and uh, able to uh, let people uh, know who you are, what you're trying to accomplish and they can actually be a connector and advocate for you uh, as well. So uh, the relationships that I'm talking about here, though, are done with intention, that they have a clear goal in mind, a goal for something that could be value for the organization, something that would be of value to you or those around you. Uh, does that mean, Rebecca, but does this include, and, and I'm thinking about just, you know, when, when women at work um, decide to go out for lunch or out for dinner or out for a drink or whatever, be very uh, plan, I guess, strategically who you are going to do that with. You just don't go, you know, women tend to go out, they have, they talk to somebody, they meet somebody at work, friendships, those kinds of things. Be strategic about it. Don't, if you're at work and it's a work day, then actually even who you spend time with outside of the office is important in terms of how you're going to get ahead. All right. When I sit down and coach women or talk to women in groups, you know, map it out. Really define what are the top three or four goals, and it could be a combination of personal and professional and say over the next eight, eight to ten months, who are those people that I need to really align with, get to know, let them know about me, I can know more about them, and how we might be able to build these bridges over time because the kind of relationships I'm talking about sometimes just don't happen overnight. So map them out. What are those key goals that you want to accomplish uh, over the next 18 months to a year and who might be those people that can help you or can connect you with, with someone else? Um, and to build upon that, I, I really have believed around the law of reciprocity. It's not always going out and asking for help. Um, sometimes it's about going out and seeing where you can bring value to other people from an unconditional perspective, uh, knowing that if you can bring value to them, there may be a day, some point in time, that, that you may need support from them. So it's, it's really a two-way street. Rebecca, you also talk about 
that, and this is, and you, it really it's a myth that, and I think women say this a lot, you know, they're looking for a company that helps them to combine work and life balance that's very important and talk about how their company, you know, is very, does that well. But you say that work-life balance is very different for each individual, and as a woman you have to decide or understand what your particular work-life balance is. How does that, talk to us about that. Well, I think that, you know, I think we all can do just about everything we want to do. It's a matter of when we do it. So it's not trying to, like all of us or many of us are high achievers, it's trying to tackle everything in our life at one time. And that's where we get frustrated. That's where we get burned out. Uh, and we, we feel like we're heading in so many different directions and not really feeling comfortable, confident, or uh, that we're achieving anything. So <laughs> I think it's stepping back and, and really, you know, once again, prioritizing. What are your sort of life goals professionally and personally? And over the next course of the year, what are some things that you, you need to really start filling yourself up with in terms of happiness for yourself to what are some career goals for yourself and how do you need to really start committing to those actions? And quite frankly, taking a list, look at your to-do list every day and getting rid of the clutter. What are those things on your to-do list that don't add to or bring value to those top goals and priorities in your life and also your value system? So if health is an important value system to me, um, what are the things that I'm doing to perpetuate that, to support that, or diluting that value in terms of managing it? So stepping back, setting goals, knowing you can't accomplish all of them in a given day or year, but being more strategic about it and setting that roadmap for yourself. And then setting those boundaries and socializing and communicating those goals to other people so they know what to expect and they actually can support you. Rebecca, what would you say would be the, the stickiest floor for most of us? Is there one that stands out? Is there one that it seems that, that most women really get, you know, have the most difficulty with on one of those seven sticky floors that you talk about or that you outline in the book? Oh, that's a great question. Goodness. You know, I, I think it really depends on where women are at in their life and career, but I will say, speaking to women across the country now and, and audiences of many um, the one that I think women are challenged with is really asking for what you want, making that request. Um, and that really is covered in one of the latter chapters of the book. Um, and I think what comes out is the difficulty of just asking someone for fear of being turned down. Um, they may not uh, take me seriously, have, may not have time for me, um, or that I'm not entitled to ask for what I want. And, and I think you're, this is a different day and time in the world of leadership and for women, and I think much more now based on, you know, women as a major part of the leadership pipeline, uh, organizations really looking at looking at ways as how they can retain and attract these women, we have much more of an opportunity and a leg up to actually get the kinds of requests that we are looking for. But we have to know what it is that we actually want. And that kind of gets back to the original first chapter is the whole piece around self-awareness. It may be that you've been a, a director, or vice president, senior manager for a number of years, and you've got three other kids, you know, two kids now more than what you had three years ago, and you just <laughs> can't keep up the pace. So it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to leave the organization. But what I encourage women to do is think about what is it for the next two years that I would need personally and professionally to continue to work with this organization uh, and be able to stay and thrive, but it may not be exactly at the pace that I'm at right now. And go back and make those proposals. And don't assume that they will turn you down. Be curious and don't don't judge up front. Um, do you think that women today, uh, women, and I, I always get back to this generation thing, do you think that, uh, uh, and I'm identifying with the baby boomer, you know, asking for what you want is difficult because somebody might say no or you don't think you deserve it. Do you think the 
new women, the Generation X and Y, do they fall into the same categories, or is it just a little bit different? And, a, and a, they're, it's easier for them to ask for what they want. Well, I think you know, I, I do think there is a tendency for uh, women in the in the uh, younger generation to say, "Hey, there's no real obstacle in terms of our relationship, unless somehow we don't have an understanding of." how we can make this work together. It's much more of a partnership versus a hierarchical or uh, male versus women sort of relationship. So I don't think they have a fear of so much being turned down, but I think they're much more clear on what it is they want out of their whole life. And I think that's the differentiator there for the younger generation, which I think are a huge force to shape that to come. Now, are they sometimes a little bit over-asking, over-entitled? <laughs> that was my to, next question. to find that balance. And, and that, to me, is just naivety, and I think that's why good managers and coaches come in place. And early on training for these these younger generations to really learn about when you onboard an organization, you know, what is leadership, what are expectations, and how can you really align with the organization's expectations as well. Yeah, so it's realistic expectations and realistic choices. We have to, to, to say goodbye, but I want to make sure that everyone knows that they can purchase the book, your book, online at bookstores everywhere. It's not a glass ceiling. It's a sticky floor. And Rebecca Shambo, and we can get in touch with you also at your website um, because you're all over the country, motivational speaker at what, RebeccaShambo.com.org? The best way is just to check our Shambaugh website, which is www.shambaughleadership.com. Great. Wonderful talking to you this morning. Happy, happy holidays. Yes, you too. Have a great day. We're going to take a short break, and coming up next is Anna Post. She's the great-great-granddaughter of Emily Post, and she's written the book Wedding Parties, Smart Ideas for Stylish Parties from Engagement to Reception and Everything in Between. Don't go away. You're listening to me, Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone on the Voice America Women's Network. Talk radio that informs, entertains, and enlightens you. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. Inner Health Through Homeopathy, hosted by Melissa Birch, CCH, with Dr. Tim Stryker. This show features a weekly discussion about homeopathy, a holistic approach to health care which treats ailments by bringing the entire body into balance. Homeopathy encompasses and examines the makeup of the entire person instead of focusing solely on a disease or ailment. The healing process involves physical, mental, and emotional changes which come from a wellness within. Homeopathic remedies go far beyond an alleviation of symptoms. They can restore harmony to the body and open paths to a higher level of awareness. Each week, Melissa Birch, CCH, explores a different health issue and individual healing processes with Tim Stryker, MD. Tune in every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for inner health through homeopathy. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. 
Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh, 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 there you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. We don't beat you over the head with our opinion, and we listen to yours. The new face of talk radio, Voice America Women's Radio Network. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. I am Catherine Zox, and you are listening to The Catherine Zox Show. I'm your social worker with a microphone on the Voice America Women's Network. And uh, coming up right now is Anna Post. She is the author of Emily Post's Wedding Parties, Smart Ideas for Stylish Parties from Engagement to Reception and Everything in Between. Weddings are more than just the big day. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on this morning, Anna. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, it's great because I think I've spoken to several members of your family, and the latest one was your sister Lizzie, Lizzie Post. And uh, I think this was in the spring. We talked about her book. So this is exciting. New book, Wedding Parties. Uh, And you are the great-great-granddaughter of Emily Post. I have her book, too, by the way. Uh, and etiquette is so important. And uh, actually, I think someone gave me her book when I got married. So now there are three principles that you talk about that, that the whole Emily Post Institute sort of subscribes to, and your great great grandmother. And uh, if you keep all, if you keep these in mind when you're thinking about etiquette, you'll be on the right track. What are they? I love that you started with this. You're right. These were Emily used these. We use them today. It's the basis of all good manners. It's treating people with consideration, honesty, and respect. These are the principles. And, you know, a lot of us, I think, I mean, it's so important because I think it's true. If you keep those in mind while you're making these choices and these decisions about wedding parties and you're dealing with families and all kinds of issues, uh, you're going to stay on the right track, right? Absolutely. All right, so this your book is just a, a primer. I mean, if you carry this little book in your pocketbook, then you know exactly what to do. But uh, let's start from the beginning. You need, obviously, you need to plan, right? Plan ahead. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> so where More do we start? <laughs> yeah, so Anna, where do we start? The first party that usually comes along is going to be uh, an engagement party for the couple. And you don't have to host this, by the way. You don't have to have one if you don't want to. But... So many times the planning for a wedding takes so long these days, especially to get the venue you want, that it's nice to have something to celebrate right away. So the engagement's perfect for that. My mother, and I, I, I hope she's—I always say I hope she's not listening when I <laughs> say these things. But she always says, "Well, you know, engagement parties are they passe? Because most couples, and she's not passing judgment, but live together, let's say three or four years. So now you're going to get married. Is it kind of?" obsolete to have an engagement party you're saying no you're still celebrating or i don't want to answer the question is is it obsolete no no not at all in fact sometimes couples are even throwing these parties themselves because maybe they don't live near their family anymore but they they want to celebrate you have this huge new news to share with the world and what better way than to throw a party all right so engagement parties uh now who and, and you do talk about this at great length in the book anna Today, you have couples who get married, they're older, they may be, you know, they both have jobs, they both, you know, they're both working, Um, 
who actually throws it pays for the the engagement parties the the wedding i mean it's different than it was say 30 years ago where usually it was mom and dad who were paying for it now it's very different and what does that mean in terms of you know if, if you're, the couple is paying for the party themselves these days finances are across the board you might have the couple paying for everything you might have mom and dad of the bride chipping in for the wedding which was traditional on emily's day and the parents of the groom paying for the rehearsal dinner um, those are great guidelines to follow if you want to, but people's finances are so different. And as you said, sometimes folks are a little older, a little more established when they're getting married, and weddings are so expensive that every little bit helps. However, What's the average cost for a wedding today? I couldn't believe it when I read this, but it is $27,000 in America. That's amazing. So your average middle-class family throws a wedding or has a wedding that's $27,000. That's the cost of a college education for one year. Absolutely. It's more than my first salary out of college. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So you really want to be very careful about how you spend the money. Um, yes. It's right, $27,000. But then, okay, so let's say the couple is, they're the ones who are paying for it, then who calls the shots? This is uh, going to be sort of a, a <laughs> negotiation, if you will. Okay. <laughs> we, like, we, we have a phrase that we like to use at the Emily Post Institute, which is you can't hold someone hostage just because you're paying. So if your mom's paying for the whole shebang, she can't get everything just the way she wants it at your wedding just because she's footing the bill. You need to talk and communicate and compromise. Be willing to listen. Good advice. I think that's really important because I think that's where a lot of couples get bogged down. Well, I'm paying for it, whoever is paying for it, so I get to call the shots. But right. as you say, if you go back to those principles, though, that you consideration, honesty, and respect, mm-hmm. and think about that when you're trying to negotiate who makes certain choices, then you will be able to negotiate in a positive way, I think. Exactly. I have a concept in, in wedding parties that I talk about called loving every idea for five minutes. It really basically means giving it your consideration. Let someone voice their opinion. Maybe mom talks about seeing you in her wedding dress, and you're thinking, no way ever. Give her the chance just to talk about it. Don't commit, because that could lead to hurt feelings. And then gently let her know you want to go in another direction. But let her be heard. Or try it on, and it doesn't look well on you. Exactly, also. and then maybe she'll see for herself it's not such a good idea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> doesn't look quite like it did on her. Uh, you know, it seems to me weddings, and I mean, I have so many questions because they've become so much more complicated, haven't they? I mean, in terms of like you have people who are getting married for the second time, the third time. Uh, are there special rules of etiquette for, for weddings that, you know, for brides and grooms who've been married before? Typically, the only one is that people do tend to tone it down a little bit with the shower, especially if you have a very established household, but by no means should you feel that you can't have a shower, that you can't have an engagement party or a big reception or a white dress. People get worried about, can I have a full-length floor white dress? Absolutely. You know, Hopefully, this will be the person for the rest of your life. Celebrate it just as you would the first time. So the white dress really doesn't celebrate celibacy or or virginity, but it but a new a new life, a new beginning. Exactly. So, yeah. So maybe the white dress just takes on a new meaning. Sure. What about Anna? 
these destination weddings? Any particular kinds of things one has to pay attention to? Because that's a whole new thing with travel the way it is, and you mentioned oh, yeah. that in the book. You know, the whole wedding party is going to be, you know, the bride and groom live in New Jersey, but they've decided to have the party in Hawaii mm-hmm. or the wedding. <laughs> Which I would love to be in Hawaii right now this time of year. But so would yeah. I. The whole, the whole idea here is to give people as much advance notice as you can. Save the date cards are terrific for this so that they can plan towards it. Keep it smaller, more intimate, and keep your expectations a little lower. Your your, your friends may not be able to take a week off to go to Hawaii at, at the holidays. So what about in terms of, you know, that you brought up a good point, because now I'm starting to get wedding invitations, save the date a year ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it used to be, I know, in your grandmother's day, um, six weeks. Wasn't that the proper etiquette? You sent out the wedding invitation six weeks ahead of time and now yep. it's a year ahead of time? That's right. Well, you send out the, you still will send out your invitations six to eight weeks in advance, but it's foolish to hope that everyone's calendars will be clear in six to eight weeks. That's where the save the date card comes in about, a, you know, any, as, as soon as you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, because what if you get a couple save the dates? You know, because it's a year in advance, does mm-hmm. that put you in a kind of precarious, you've got two friends getting married at the same time and you get two save the dates, you can't sort of say and you wouldn't want to that you didn't know about it. You know what I'm saying? Like you have Oh, to, yes. That's a difficult situation or those are difficult situations. It is a tough one. Pick the, pick, pick the wedding. You're going to have to make a choice here. It's far enough out that you can probably choose between them and then just let the other person know you won't believe it, but I truly got another invitation and I, I've already accepted that one. Okay, that's good. That's simple. That sounds logical. Now, what about dress? And I'm asking you this is also another. Where I have a, uh, a cousin or a relative who's getting married this weekend at the Pierre in New York, and it's black tie. Now, I'm going to wear black tie, and so is my boyfriend partner, but one of my sons says he's, can't, he's not wearing black tie. He's going to wear a dark suit. Mm-hmm. And will he be, <laughs> will they let him through the door? They they will probably let him through the door. I, I don't think they'll turn him away for that. But I do think that if it's been asked of you to do something like this, to take it to an extra special level, to any degree that you can, participate in their wishes. Go along with sort of the fun and the spirit of the kind of occasion that they're trying to create. Um, and for some people, it just won't be financially possible. Do the best you can. Uh, oh, all right. Well, let's talk about the dress then. You know, and, and I get a lot of questions, and I myself today uh, am not quite sure sometimes. Formal, black tie, you know, you're talking about what you're supposed to wear to the wedding. Talk to us a little bit about what the difference is in a business attire. What do they mean? Sure. It can get so confusing on invitations, semi-casual, resort casual. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People are getting creative, and they're trying to help, and it just makes it so much worse. Um, really, with, with formal and semi-formal are the two biggest that people get confused. What does semi-formal mean? It means this is going to be dressier, especially for a wedding, than you might wear, um, you know, dressier than probably a, a tea dress or an afternoon dress, dressier than you might meet a friend for a nice lunch or occasion for, but not so dressy that everything about your outfit is to the nines. And it's going to vary person to person, but you need to scale it back a little bit from the furthest it could go. And is it proper to, let's say, they aren't clear and they do write something that, I mean, you have no idea what it means, and you just mentioned several descriptions of what you could wear to the, par- to the, to the wedding, to call them up and ask them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You don't need to be a mind reader. And you'll have peace of mind, and I'm sure they'll be happy that you, you, you dressed appropriately. 
Well, I always dress appropriately. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but when you have three sons, three boys, it's not always easy to get them to dress appropriately. So oh, I can imagine. Yeah. But, I mean, all right, so we only have a couple minutes left, and I, I want to make sure that listeners know, first of all, to, they can purchase the book online, bookstores everywhere, but also the Emily Post Institute or the Emily Post Institute.com, if you go to the website, uh, if you have questions, you can email you or you can email the Institute questions for all kinds of things, not just weddings, right? Different etiquette kinds of questions. And Yes, that's right. EmilyPost.com. We have all kinds of information. Weddings every day, tons of information on the holidays right now for etiquette tips. Yeah, and 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 you and your your aunt and your sister, you you all of you go around to d- different cities, different places, and you speak about etiquette and about obviously about your books too, right? So there must be a schedule on the website that we can go to. Yes, there's a schedule of events as well as a lot of the media outlets, interviews we've done, articles that we're in that you can read about. Terrific! It's been great talking to you. I got a lot of information. I know everybody else did too, but there's a lot more information in your book. Wedding parties, smart ideas for. Stylish parties from engagement to reception and everything in between. Anna Post, so nice having you on the show this morning. Thank you. Have a nice holiday. Thank you. You too. You've been listening to Catherine Zox. We're going to take a short break. Don't go away. Lauren and I will be talking to you when we come back on Voice America Women's Network. I'm your social worker with a microphone. Talking about what you care about. News, relationships, health, finances. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. Tired of those fad diets and exercise routines that you don't stick with? Want to find a better way to incinerate fat and energize your life without those worthless pills or gimmicks? Then tune in every Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific to Fitness Truth with hosts Zach Hunt and A.J. Roberts. Achieve your weight loss and fitness goals and maintain them for the rest of your life. The rest of your life. That's Fitness Truth, Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. When I have an asthma attack, I feel scared. It's like tiny nails in the air poke my lungs. I start to cough. Did you know your child's asthma attacks can be triggered by things like shower curtains, a blanket, even a teddy bear? I feel like I'm choking. And there are many other things in your home and your child's classroom you may not know about. For the latest information, call 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. Sometimes I... My parents have to take me to the hospital. Help prevent your child's asthma attacks and avoid the emergency room. Call toll-free 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. That's 1-866-662-8822. Or visit www.noattacks.org. I don't want to feel like a fish with no water. Brought to you by the EPA and the Ad Council. 
Let's face it, hormones happen. Whether you're a male or female, hormones have an impact on your overall well-being. Dr. Hart brings to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel timely topics that answer your lifelong questions about hormones in men, women, and teens. Tune in to Optimal Wellness every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Optimal Wellness. Live life well. Live life long. Live life to the fullest. We talk with you, not at you. We're Voice America, Women's Radio Network, the new face of talk radio. You're listening to The Catherine Zoff Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. I'm Catherine Zock. Welcome back to the Catherine Zock Show. Thanks for joining us on Voice America Women's Network. Catherine Zock, your social worker with the microphone, and Lauren Bell, my co-host. Well, Lauren, that was very informative and a post. Wonderful. Are you there? I don't hear Lauren, but uh, are we connected? <laughs> we are connected. All right. <laughs> it's that, you know, 30-second lag time. Lauren, are you there? Are you? That only listening? happens on TV. I know. So, all right, I find that very informative, and I do have to say Anna's book is great. If any, I mean, it's really true. It's if you are considerate and if you respect people that you're doing the wedding with, in-laws or your own family, and considerate, honest. And respectful, you'll I be able to. That. Yeah, you'll be able to pull it off. But there are there's so much stuff to do today. And you know, one thing I didn't get to ask Anna was not only second and third weddings because people are getting married, you know, over and over again. But you know, the different cultural differences because you have people now, you know, different. Um, and this is something that you can read about in the book too. I mean, people are marrying interfaith, uh, cultural, different countries. That a whole other set of, of uh, issues that one has to confront when you're doing a wedding, right? Definitely. Yeah, so, and if anybody has any questions, you know, I never say this, but you can call me. You can call Lauren. Guest call-in number, folks, is 866-472-5787. If you want to chat with Lauren and me or ask any questions or you didn't get something in the with the guests and you want to contact them, whatever you want, give us a call, 866-472-5787. So... <laughs> Maybe we'll get a caller. Anyway, but uh, this is a great book, and this whole this is talk about a family. I always find this interesting. This, the Emily Post Institute is in Burlington, Vermont. You know I, that is interesting. I didn't realize they were in Burlington, and I wanted to ask if um, does it run in the genes? <laughs> <laughs> it. I think it does. I think it does too. Yeah, and they obviously, as a family, because it's a family organization, they must follow these principles of honesty and respect and consideration, uh, because they're running this incredible business. Each one of them, a lot, has written not all of them, but individual books and and uh, lecture. Go to the website; very interesting website. But if you do have questions, you can go to the website and and uh, email them your your questions. I'm always fascinated with etiquette stuff. It is. Oh. It's interesting to hear that. I mean, I don't think the etiquette's really changed. Do you think it's changed in the past 100 years? I think we need it more than ever now. I think people are more. You, you really want to know what I think? I think that. I think that people are, as a rule, and maybe because there are more people going after the same kinds of things. And I'm not talking about weddings here. I'm just talking about in general, whether you're uh, shopping in a retail store or you're at the you know outside grocery store trying to. to Wherever you are walking on the street, I think people are really rude. That's yeah, I think it's true. 
I mean, I was in New York. I told you I was in New York yesterday. And I mean, you walk down the street, and unless you navigate the street, especially at this time of year at Christmas time, people will just bump, just walk on top of you. I mean, and, you know, I first thought it's because I'm a little lady, but then Barry, my boyfriend, who's like 6'3", he said the same thing. It happens yeah. to him. It's interesting. And, and so it's interesting. I don't think etiquette has changed so much. I think we need to say it louder than we ever have. It's so interesting. I think it's really important. There different... There are different kinds of situations that you would pl- apply the etiquette to because we have new. Oh, I know. I think that uh, actually Anna Post, her sister Lizzie, covers or one of them in one of the books that they've they've written talks about different. Well, you have kids like when Sierra Bella gets older and she has sleepovers, for instance. Uh, you know, and you have uh, there is different etiquette for those kinds of things. For uh, you know, you take kids. At, what do you call it? Carpooling. Is carpool etiquette. There are new kinds of situations. So, uh, today. Those things, I would agree with that. In yeah. some situations, the etiquette changes and evolves. Yeah, exactly. But you know, I think we're, what we're missing most is the basic basic etiquette. Yeah, you're right. I, I mean, I, I just, it, it amazes me how really rude people are. Even if you're talking to somebody on the telephone, I mean, I'm, I'm making reservations at a hotel. This is the reservations person, the person who wants you to stay at the hotel and spend your money, and they're even nasty I agree to with you that. sometimes. And I'm thinking, I mean, don't you want me to, <laughs> I mean, this is, this benefits your business as well as it's benefiting me. But, um, and, and I somehow, and I don't want to sound like that bah humbug thing, but it, it seems in some ways it's getting worse. I and, agree with that. Yeah. So, um, you know, things like, like etiquette, like, you know, what they do at the Emily Post Institute is really important. It's critical. And, yeah. you know, thank God we have someone focused on it. You know, yeah. thank God for, uh, yeah, for <laughs> <laughs> thank God that they're interested in continuing the legacy. And I think that I'm a very easy person to work with. I mean, like when I hire people to do stuff around my house or in my house, I really am. I think I'm too easy. But even some of those people can be nasty. And, you know, it's... it's. Um, I actually fired a lawn company, the guys who came to do my lawn, because they had hired all these like young teenage boys, which they do fine, and they're mowing my lawn. And you know, lawn people—it's very expensive. That's an expense. That's an ex, that's a big expenditure. And I have quite a bit of lawn, so I am in the house, and these kids are, are these who are cutting my lawn. These boys are out there, and they are—they have the radio blasting, right? Oh. And. I'm, I can't concentrate. I mean, it's too loud for the neighbors, but it's also too loud for me. So I went outside and I told them, boys, you got to, all I said was, you got to turn that radio off. I mean, they're there to work. Exactly. So I'm walking away and I can hear them snickering and making fun of me. Oh, wow. So Fired. I called, Fired. I called up their boss. I said, I'm sorry, I can't, you know, I'm not going to pay you. To, oh, he was, he was really upset. He lost a big, you know, I mean, I had, I think at least three years he, I, wow. Had, yeah. But it was like, that's it, you know. That's the kind of stuff. I mean, uh, you know, the, the guy who owned the company, of course, was not happy about it. But uh, that's an example. It absolutely is. All right. Yeah. Let's, but I don't want to talk. Let's talk about positive stuff <laughs> because we have three minutes left. And uh, But etiquette, real important. It is. It's critical. I think it's critical to the success of a business. I think it's critical to the success of a family. Business etiquette. That's another one. You know what's appropriate in business, and do they call it business etiquette when you're working with somebody? I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are certain things that are appropriate and certain things that are not in the Definitely. business situation. Yeah. Um, and there are new rules for that too. Um, 
you can't joke around. I mean, remember the, the fellow we had on the show, and I can't remember the title of the book, but he was talking about now because, you know, the fear of, of harassment in the workplace, sexual harassment that men can't even make a joke that may be just cute or not even colorful because it's not worth a $20,000 lawsuit because right. it's just not proper etiquette anymore. Right. It's true. Yeah. So you... I was just going to say, it's, but there's a line, there's like, in other words, where where is that line and how do we know what it is? Because it's not that we want people to be so rigid and not fond. Yeah, is that going to happen? Because we have no, there's no room for kind of elasticity. Right, it's either or, you have to be real strict, real rigid. That's not good for people either. So you do need these rules of etiquette wherever you are, home, work, whatever, so that you know how to, what behaviors are appropriate. Exactly, and I think yeah, we need that. I think that that's. I think their work is that the uh, what's it Emily is it Emily Post? It's Emily. Yeah, Emily Post. But it's, uh, that's the name of the company. Yeah. So it's their work is critical, and yeah. you know it's funny. I think of it as an old-fashioned thing, and it's so not. It's so, it's so not. Go to the website. It is so not. It is so now. It is so really a way of helping people to negotiate their environment in a good way, and. Um, Speaking of negotiation, we have to say goodbye. Oh. Don't forget to email the information that I need <laughs> on my PC. You should have it. I should have it now. Okay, I will check. And, uh, yeah, we have to say goodbye. It's been great. It's been a nice hour. Thank yeah. you. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. Yeah. You've been listening to Catherine Fox with Lauren Beller, and it's Voice America Women's Network. And if you want to listen to the show again, you can go to the archives. If you'd like a friend to listen to the show, just go to the Voice America Women's Network, the Catherine Fox Show, and uh, you can listen to it anytime. Have a great day, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>